Today we're talking with a producer that made a fabulous web series comedy that features zombies and Debbie Gibson. All that and more today on On the Fly Filmmaking. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's On the Fly Filmmaking. Welcome to another episode of On the Fly Filmmaking, a part of Popcorn Talk University. I'm your host, Mary Lou Mandel. Thank you so much for joining us again. And today we've got a really special treat. We've got Brian Beacock with us, who is the writer, producer, and star of Acting Dead. And a little tidbit for you guys to know up front, I also was an associate producer on this, so I've got some inside track on this, and it's very close to my heart. I love this project. Welcome on the show, Brian. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I don't think um, Debbie Gibson has probably ever had an intro like that. Yeah. So I'm going to make sure she knows about it because that's pretty darn funny. Yeah. Zombies and Debbie Gibson. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> She's like one of my favorite parts of the, the show. Right? She's yeah. awesome. She's, She's awesome. She's so awesome. Yes. Yeah, so we're going to talk to you today about the production side of right. Acting Dead. And so on On the Fly Field Baking, we talk about tips, tricks, and behind the scenes scenarios where the people who made the movie or the web series had to come up with solutions on the fly. Yes. And I think that we've come to the conclusion that no matter what level of production you're on, you're going to have to come up with solutions on the fly, whether you're making something with two pennies or two million pennies. It's or absolutely true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was working uh, just last year on the CW show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, mm -hmm. and they have a slightly larger budget than we have for Acting Dead. But there's problems every day. Yeah. And not ones that, that are, you know, astronomical or, or, you know, destroy the show, but everyone's got them. And as you say, it doesn't matter what budget you're working with. You're always probably just beyond or just to the, the end of your budget. Yeah. There's always that one thing. And there's some things that money can't buy when you need to do it right now. Time. Yeah. Not always, you know, time or people or mm -hmm. resources or uh, talent, unfortunately. Yeah. You just have to make it happen. That's right. Awesome. So let's tell our audiences here where they can find you on social media. Okay. So uh, you can find me uh, on Twitter, at uh, Brian Beacock, and also on my new Instagram, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> Both my followers are very excited about it. <laughs> I'm one of them. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's at Brian Beacock as well. And then the show, you can go to actingdead.com, and uh, you can see all the episodes there. Mm -hmm. uh, we just released all our episodes season one yes that's and, really great and you can also buy stuff you mm -hmm. know if you want shirts or what hats kind or, of stuff well let's <laughs> see you know we've got um pens which are awesome you know for signing all those checks oh my gosh these are great and then of course we've got the the hat you know, every show successful show has to have a hat that's yes. for you oh that's so Not great awesome. but we've got mugs and um and and shirts and bags and iphone covers and all that stuff and so. you know what's so great i think i want to do this in a give giveaway so if you guys are interested yeah. in this fabulous acting dead hat then tweet at me and tell me why you deserve it, and tell me why you love zombies. Right? Did someone eat your brain, and you need a hat to cover it? Yeah, that it's might possible. be. That could be really awesome. So make sure you send that over my way, and then we can get you a hat. You just want two hats. You just want me to give you another hat now that you're for me. giving one. I'm going to give it to your other Instagram <laughs> oh, follower. Okay. We're going to share together. Okay, yeah, good. your mom and I both yeah. going to wear those hats. Yeah. So before we get into Acting Dead specifically, I want to talk about your history in the entertainment industry and like how you got to the point where you're producing a web series of, of your own. Gotcha. Well, you know, I started 100 years ago and in theater um, back in LA, back in San Francisco, I was in the national tour of Les Miserables and mm -hmm. I came to LA. I'm like, hey man, I got a, you know, an equity contract under my belt. I'm going to be a big star. And they're like, well, have you been in the Cosby show? <laughs> that's all I cared about. That's how old it was. 
Um, so, I, you know, I did a little bit of struggling in L.A., but I did some movies and some some TV and plays mm-hmm. and stuff. Worked at Universal and the Beetlejuice show, if uh-huh. anyone saw that show, for 15 years. Also so, was in a movie where he was in bed with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Buying the Cow. you got to check it out. Um, it was really fun. And, and Ryan Reynolds, this is, you know, pre-Blade, so he was, you know, thin. But that was really <laughs> fun to show up on set and just jump on top and say, hey, I'm Brian, let's go. Um, <laughs> That's what we all want to do. Exactly. Um, so I did that and then started the whole voiceover stuff. Mm-hmm. I just kind of fell into that through um, a friend of mine from Universal, Mary Elizabeth McGlynn, who was directing Digimon. And I got the, the lead role in season three of Digimon. And that kind of started this whole other career. Yeah. That's... So that's been like my moneymaker. And it's really fun. It's it's a great, pretty much low stress job yeah. that I've been able to continue for like 17 years now. Yeah, you guys really should look up Brian B. Keck on the internet and see all of the voices that he does. Yeah. And also there's a video game that I played once and I found out later yeah. that Brian was the voice of the second version, like the second the sequel of Tales the game. of Symphonia, right? Tales of Symphonia and there's this hilarious Loiter video thing. online of like Hitler being mad at Brian replacing the original. The fans were not happy that I replaced the original guy, which happens all the time. And um, I didn't know about this. And Mary Lou comes over to my house and she goes, you have to see this video of, of Hitler like dogging you. So I watched <laughs> It's brilliant. It's so funny. Yeah, because um, it's one of those dubs of another movie. And yeah, it's, it's great. funny. You find it. I'll post it on my Twitter so you guys can see that as yes. well. Awesome. So before Acting Dead, you did another web series that was really fabulous. That was McCracken Live. Yeah, McCracken Live, which is basically a combination between home improvement and Tootsie. So mm-hmm. it's a guy through a series of events finds himself um, having to host a DIY television show dressed as a woman. And everything goes wrong and things blow up and burn down and all that stuff. And he becomes very successful um, begrudgingly because, you know, he's he's a really talented DIY guy, but he has to dress as a woman. So that show went all over the world and and played a bunch of festivals and pitching it to TV and a live show. Uh, So that kind of was my foray into web series, and I really loved it. I loved Mm -hmm. producing and acting and and, and doing all that stuff. Uh, And then Acting Dead came along because I thought, well, zombies are hot, you know, Mm -hmm. always have been and always will be. And I wanted to kind of produce a show a new way and really do it like a TV show. Mm-hmm. Have a bigger budget, bigger cast, um, and uh, kind of I wrote the script pretty quickly, and we just pulled the trigger and off we went, mm-hmm. which was a, a scary, wild ride, which continues yeah. daily. So with McCracken Live, that was kind of in the the timeline of where web series were kind of still new. Yeah. Right. Yes. um, Festivals were, uh, you know, scarce and uh, we were really lucky to get into a lot of them. Mm -hmm. And we went to uh, Marseille, which was the first web series festival in Europe ever. We Mm -hmm. got to go to that, which was awesome. Um, So, yeah, it was kind of a new world. And as web series continue to change and the model begins to change, it still is a new world because we don't know where it's going, but it's going very quickly. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully Acting Dead is going to ride that wave into right. the new And it is world. going into a really exciting new world because, it you is. know, before we get into showing the trailer of Acting Dead, I want to talk about how you are now up for Emmy consideration. Yes. Uh, the Emmys, uh, primetime Emmys this year have uh, opened a new category called the short form category, which is uh, typically things on the web, mm-hmm. uh, 15 minutes or less, your episodes, and I think at least six episodes in a season. So we fell into the eligibility window and category and uh, we are now in what's called the four-year consideration 
um, period, where we're trying to get Emmy voters uh, to vote for our show to get us a nomination. Then there's a whole nother section of for your consideration to actually win. Yes. This is something I knew nothing about. Right. I thought people just got nominated and I didn't know how. Mm -hmm. um, but it's a, it's a lot of work just to get to that stage. Right. So that's what we're I at. never realized you had to campaign. You have to campaign. You have to spend money. Yeah. Well, so we spent a little bit. Um, <laughs> but that's why it's so important to follow us on, on Twitter and to tweet things like, you know, acting dead, uh, hashtag FYC for your consideration uh, for a, pr a primetime Emmy short form category. It's really helpful to have mm -hmm. the awareness, the zombie awareness out there. Yeah, absolutely. So, so if you guys haven't seen Acting Dead yet or you're interested in watching it again, go to actingdead.com. You can watch the whole series and then tweet about it. Please. With the hashtag of what? Uh, FYC. Mm -hmm. uh, you can do hashtag uh, Emmys 2016. Mm -hmm. um, you can also uh, attach um, at the Emmys so they know that you're talking about it. Mm -hmm. um, all that stuff really helps the show. Yeah, that's all super helpful. And like, I always love to support fellow indie filmmakers, you know, because yeah. you guys are watching this for cool information. And we want to get web series and indie filmmaking like as a mainstream thing that people look at and love to see. Yeah, and this so. really helps with the Emmys. This is huge. This is revolutionary. Yeah, and so the first year of this. First year, so it would be so awesome to be a part of it. Yeah. So I'm excited. I'm excited about it too. And now let's check out the trailer for Acting Dead. Are you an actor? You're not booking. I think I just haven't found the right material. You kind of have that desperate vibe, you know? Maybe acting is just not your thing. Uh... We're really looking for something a lot more authentic than that. I should die. Congratulations on choosing Flatline Inc. Getting actors work even if it kills them. <laughs> I don't think it worked. Sorry, everybody. Sorry, my bad. You're gonna be big. You just gotta figure out how to handle the smell, you know? Are you following me? I'm a freaking ghost. Very pushy. Thanks. Asking favors and very pushy. Stay away! Ow! My kidney. Oh, that's the spooky bullshit right there! This, this, and this. What a icky mess. <laughs> Don't worry. It's only going to hurt a little, but forever. Has anyone done it before? Yes, Justin Bieber's a client. I mean, successfully? Uh, then no. <laughs> Love Lori Allen. That's oh. Lori Allen from Family Guy, oh Diane Simmons, so, and a bunch of stuff. She's brilliant. So much fun. And you can see from the trailer that there are a lot of like, recognizable faces. So I definitely want to get into that. Yeah, we will, for sure. Get into that in a little bit. But let's talk about some of the on-the-fly situations you came up with during the shoot of Acting Dead. Yeah. So uh, one of the things with a lot, like all projects is dealing with locations. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and and unfortunately, the shows that I like to watch and the and the way that I like to write and McCracken Live was the same way. Is I like to write uh, cutaways, flashbacks, flash forwards, flash sideways, and it involves a lot of locations for typically one or two lines. Mm -hmm. So uh, when we shot the show, we block shot it like a movie. So we had to you know shoot out the location and move on in a three week period of time. Uh, we had to find locations that satisfied a lot of different sets at one time. So we mm -hmm. shot at a couple TV studios, a couple film studios. 
And then we did what's called a company move, where you would start at five in the morning, shoot a little bit, move somewhere else, mm-hmm. then move again. And that takes up time, and that takes up money. And you've and I'm shooting like you know 15, 16 pages a day, which is if you know that, you know that's insane. Um, so yeah, a lot of locations, and uh, I just like the way it looks. I think it adds a bigger scope to a show, mm-hmm. and uh, it looks expensive, mm-hmm. and. Uh, in the greater scheme of thing, things, our show is not expensive. It was to me. You yes. know, I have no more retirement fund. <laughs> but um, but it wasn't in comparison to what other people are spending. So. Right. So on an indie level, you need to be very resourceful with where you're shooting. So I know a lot yeah. of the locations that we have, like this one uh, here is Flatline Inc. It's all white here. This location, that's really all we used in that spot. Oh, no, there was two spots. This yes. same room was two different things. Yes, that we turned it around and uh, we made that uh, with different lighting and stuff. That was this the, the room where um, where Tate goes and, and gets the zombie transformation. Mm-hmm. Um, now, you're seeing all the, the shots up here. So there's a lot of locations. That right there served as, I think, three different locations um, in the day. That, that was uh, Cherry, Cherry Studios, mm-hmm. I think. Um, and then we had one before of the living room, the green, the green living room. Uh, that's Coco Brown, green mm-hmm. living room. So that has three different sets in that mm-hmm. house. And luckily, we found that house and didn't have to paint it. That's how they had it decorated. Mm-hmm. They were insane. Um, yeah, because it's somebody's residence. It's yep. also a set for a like serial commercial. Yes, set for a serial commercial, and it's a bedroom set. It's this set, which we use a couple times, so that really, we got a lot of bang uh, for our buck that mm-hmm. day. But, as I'm saying, we, we have to shoot at a location, so we had to shoot every scene that takes place in all those, mm-hmm. you know, locations. Over the course of the whole The whole season. series, yeah. So mm-hmm. it was eight episodes that we had to shoot out, whereas opposed to McCracken Live, where I shot mm-hmm. eight webisodes in a day. Okay. You know, they're they're still great. They're great, but it was a lot of dialogue and, and less cutaways and gotcha. stuff. Gotcha. Uh, this is at a film studio in, I think it's Chatworth, I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. And um, we actually weren't supposed to be in this side of the studio that day. <laughs> I think they said we could use the kitchen to like store things, and we took that to mean use the whole sure. use the whole place. Um, yeah, but there's but, like, I know in there was the dressing room. We yep. utilized this as a casting room. Also, something for like a, like there was a sitcom kitchen. A mock or- sitcom kitchen. We had a, uh, um, a hospital set. Um, a couple of rehearsal rooms. Mm-hmm. Um, we we really used the heck out of that place. Yeah, really th- good facility. And again, I think we were there one day. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're also not just the locations, but you're dealing with cast. Yeah. And stars, and even not stars, just people have a schedule. Mm-hmm. And if you're not paying a lot of money, yeah. everyone's doing favors, even if they're getting paid, you yeah. know, with, with the new media budget. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a lot of wrangling, a lot of Tetris yes. stuff. And uh, would you say that you you like the style of shooting a web series season like a movie? I do. I mean, I know a lot of people in the web series community, friends of mine, they shoot an episode, like maybe an episode a month. Mm-hmm. So that's great. Um, they probably shoot in locations that they have locked down. It's like, it's always my apartment. It's, it's always Jerry's backyard, mm-hmm. you know, so it's easier that way. Um, we were renting a two-ton grip truck mm-hmm. you know from wooden nickel with a lot of equipment a lot of cameras uh, up to a hundred people cast and crew so you're not going to do that every month you can't can't you do have it to do it forget about it get it out of your life <laughs> you know um so i would rather shoot it like this uh, and have your whole season done than live that life 
of, as you know, your right. apartment being a mess right. for an entire year. I can't do it. No. Props. You want to be able to go home at the end. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So in addition to having locations that you purchase or you, you know, you're renting out, sometimes you need to be extra resourceful and just shoot places you're not supposed to be shooting. <laughs> well... You can shoot there with the permit. Right. And if you don't have a permit because of time or money, sometimes you just have to do it. And then it's called run and gun. Run and gun, which is like definitely super on the fly thing. Like that is like the definition of on the fly. Yes. Run and gun. So there's a shot of the main character on Hollywood Boulevard. So tell me about what happened in that scenario. Okay. So uh, the shot is is really funny. It's, it's his agent, Tate Blodgett, who I play. His agent says, no one will hire you. And it's basically lifted from the movie Tootsie, where his manager says, you know, mm-hmm. Michael, no one will hire you. And he goes, oh yeah. And then you see him as Tootsie walking down the street. So my agent says, no one's going to hire me for anything, even to be a zombie. And then you see me uh, made up as a zombie. I'm not quite yet a zombie here. I'm, I'm going to an audition. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm walking down Hollywood Boulevard. Well, and you probably can't tell, but there's three policemen behind us. And they weren't watching us because there's so much going on. And frankly, it's Hollywood Boulevard. Mm-hmm. So me as a zombie, big, no, big deal. deal. No, you've got Jack Sparrow and you've yeah. got, you know, the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you could just look like that. You could just look like that. And we didn't have any lights because it's, you know, day, which is fine. But we had a larger camera that we were using for the show um, that needed to do all the pushes and pulls and stuff, you know, like mm-hmm. like on park, Parks and Rec and stuff. So we couldn't use a little DSLR for our show. We couldn't bring that camera out because that's, just, you know... It's a massive it's camera. A, it's a giveaway. Mm-hmm. So we used a DSLR, and I guess the DP shot uh, raw or whatever, just high res, mm-hmm. so then he can go into editing and finesse it and move it around to mm-hmm. make it look like the other cameras. Right. So we were just a zombie, about 10 or 15 extras, which we had like, you know, all over the place, not talking to each other. (laughs) And we shot this scene of me walking down the street and then falling, similar to what Dustin Hoffman does. Right. So it was nerve wracking. And this was also on a company move day. So we had also shot the gym that morning and we were going off to shoot another location after this. Mm -hmm. You've got parking, you've got crew, you've got location, people walkie talkie. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. It's a lot to coordinate. It's a lot to coordinate and a lot to, you know, you're not going to do it 10 times Mm -hmm. because of course we had a permit. Yep. Of course. Right? Absolutely. Um, But the shot turned out exactly how I I wanted it. And then the music, uh, which Jamie Forsyth, uh, who writes for Bones, did the score to the show. And he did this little, what's called a sound alike to Tootsie, which I love. And uh, it ended up being perfect, and it's exactly what I wanted when I wrote it. Yeah, and it, it worked out really well, and the way that they mixed the shots, like, I think in most projects, you're going to have sprinkled in of different kinds of cameras. Right. Uh, even when I did McCracken, we had, because she was always on TV, mm-hmm. so we would go from a 16 by 9 shot, which was her world, and then we'd go to a, a old 4 by 3 shot when she was mm-hmm. on TV. Uh, we may have used the same camera for that, but we definitely had a different look. Right. This, it was really consistent, you know, mm-hmm. um, except for, I think, episode five where he's having a nightmare. Mm-hmm. We went very George Romero, grainy. Mm-hmm. That actually may have even been shot on a DSLR, too. Yeah. Up at the L.A. Zoo. You were right. there. Yeah. I, I recommended that location. The, the day after we wrapped, we go, hey, 4 a.m. makeup call. And we're yep. like, what the hell? <laughs> um, and we shot that at the old L.A. Zoo, which was insane. Yeah, which is a really cool spot if you guys are in L.A. and you haven't been there. Like, check that out. That's yeah. for all your horror movie needs. But I did not tell you you could shoot there. Right, because you'll need a permit. <laughs> yeah, so really cool. To, so in addition to locations, you know, you have to deal with effects, especially this one, you've got like some paranormal stuff happening. Right, because while I become a zombie and that's just all basically makeup, uh, my cohort in this, um, Alex, played by Jillian Clare, 
um, she stays in the machine too long, turning mm-hmm. into a zombie, and she actually dies and becomes a ghost. Yeah, and if so you guys got... have seen other episodes of On the Fly Filmmaking, she actually came onto the show with Colby Mann talking For about Advent. Advent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's a great actress and very funny, and uh, she plays a character who just hates her life. I mean, it's not very different from Jillian, but um, <laughs> she's really dry and wry and funny. And um, so we had all these ghost effects that we had to do. And, uh, you know, we didn't have our crew in place for post mm-hmm. when we shot this. So we didn't know who our, our post effects guy would be. But fortunately, we had a DP who knew enough of how to do it. Right. So you could shoot it correctly. We could shoot it f- sort of correctly. Right. Because we've got a shot of a cereal that's floating around. Yeah. The cereal floating around. Um, Which is, is like old school fishing wire. We, it was on a stick uh-huh. with fishing wire. And uh, it just took forever. Because it's got to hang the right way and it's got to float. There it is. Yeah. So off screen, there's a guy with a you know probably a broom handle, mm-hmm. and then that's connected with fishing wire. And uh, um, Jason Murphy, our our guy who did the effects, had to remove all the the wire, and he had to do a lot in this show. Yeah. Because we, I mean, we were crazy with fishing line. Mm-hmm. We loved it. We're like, it'll be fine. We'll figure it it'll out. It'll be later. fine. And it was. Um, but not for him. <laughs> not was, for him. It was fine for well, me. And, you know, I actually, for another project that I did uh, for Roommate Horror Story, I wanted to have yeah. a, a remote control floating, like a ghost is holding this remote control. So I did broomstick with fishing wire, and I was like, okay, I'll figure it out later. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> and then you actually, because of the way the lighting was, nothing was reflecting on it. You can't tell it's the, like, we didn't do anything extra. Right. You can light it in such a way that it yeah. makes it that easier. Was, which was a pure accident. Which is why it's nice to have your effects guy in place in the beginning, because he can be on set and say, no, do this, do that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, instead, we just made him like do some Adobe After After Effects, or and whatever. he's so good. So he's he, so good, he and it looks it phenomenal. And we actually have won a couple awards for for the effects on the show, which is awesome. Right on, yeah. yeah. So then, in addition to like your effects guy, you want to get good people for your crew, but you want to have good people for your cast as well. Important. It's super super important. Like not only talented, but like uh, you had mentioned before that if you have the, the possibility of doing this you want to cast up so yeah. explain that yeah well you know i'm i'm at the place in my career and who knows may always be where casting up will always be a necessity <laughs> if i'm the lead um and this is something for you know burgeoning filmmakers to consider and actors and stuff that you're gonna have to pitch your show you're gonna have to try to sell your show and um you know i'm not the guy that people are gonna buy tickets for yet you know but if i'm surrounded with with people mm-hmm. then that's what you have to do plus you know we're in the world of twitter and facebook and all that stuff you want to find people that have a uh, a big social media following in fact a lot of movies right now and tv shows it's in their contract mm-hmm. that they have to tweet and talk about it yeah because there's so much competition out there mm-hmm. there's so much content so i did cast up and as you see um on screen right now there is a singer songwriter uh, Grammy winner Debbie Gibson. Yes, and she was so excited to play uh, Roberta, the waitress, because she'd never had a regular job. Mm-hmm. You know, she's been singing since she was, you know, born, and she was really awesome and really cool, mm-hmm. and went for it. And uh, but yeah, we've got Carolyn Hennessy from True Blood and mm-hmm. Cougar Town General Hospital, Patrika Darbo, who's also up up for a, a Emmy nomination, Jillian Clare, who's done mm-hmm. tons of stuff as well. Um, Gosh, Sean Kanan, uh, Eric Martsoff, Emmy winner, um, Peter Vogt, who was mm-hmm. on Hannah Montana. Uh, I'm trying to think of who I'm missing. John J. York, Coco Brown from Tyler Perry movies and stuff. Uh, Christine Lankin from Step by Step, and mm-hmm. she's got a bunch of stuff. So we we were littered with a great cast. Yeah. Now, 
What comes with that is how do you get them all on set? How do you do it? You, well, you have someone <laughs> else do it. How do you do it? I didn't how do, do it. <laughs> uh, my, uh, my producer, Susan Bernhardt, was in charge of all that kind of stuff, which was great. Mm-hmm. And it's insane. So you've got, you know, a 50-person crew and, and 50 cast members and, and all that stuff in locations. And then you've got someone who's working on General Hospital or Days of Our Lives or, mm-hmm. or Chris Gallia from Disney's Jesse. So it's tough. And money's the key. Money will solve all those problems, you know, because you can say, hey, here's $1,000 to make yourself available that day. Right. And, and keep it, you know, even if we don't use you. Right. We don't but, have that. No. That's not a luxury that's in this scenario. That's not a luxury. It's not. No. So it's favors and people, everyone that worked with us um, bent over backwards to make mm-hmm. it happen. It was really great. And um, my team was awesome. Paul Nigro, who was my um, co-exec producer, did a lot of the stuff that I didn't even know he was doing because mm-hmm. I was on set acting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Acting, whatever. You I, had were. Make, I had makeup on and contact lenses. <laughs> um, but, you know, solving the behind-the-scenes problems is is a huge part of it, making everyone happy. Yes, definitely putting good people all around you. And, have to. And what I've kind of found working on more projects here and there is that everybody really wants to work on good things with good people. Mm-hmm. You know, because people love being on set. Yeah. And while like people at a higher level it might be harder to get them because of budgets if they are not behind the project, but when you've got good people who are making it and they feel a connection to it, people yeah. just want to make cool things. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And especially in, in the world now where people are doing more things outside of the studio realm and the contracts mm-hmm. and stuff like that with the web and all these indie things that everyone's doing, mm-hmm. um, then you just got to be as as the best you can be mm-hmm. and I really try hard to write parts for people that they're going to want to talk about they're going to want to tweet about mm-hmm. and share with people you know um, and make them funny and make them look good and stuff yeah and that goes for the actors as well as the crew because like completely I mean I just came to help out for a day and then I was like I love this. I want to help. I'm here every day. What do you need? And you were awesome. And you always do that, though. You're always, like, the best help on a set anyway. But then uh, she was dressed as this um, cocktail waitress. Zombie cocktail Zombie cocktail waitress. And she she was phenomenal with, I mean, she comes with outfits. She's got outfits. (laughs) Um, But then you also served as um, a Mm co-producer. And... um, or associate producer. Associate producer. producer. Well, it's because like I came in and I was like, I'm going to help. And it was like a PA. And then I was like, no. You had to get like producer doing everything. Credit, you know what I mean? So see her on IMDb. <laughs> um, but that's important. And that's another thing. Like um, how to keep people happy. The cast, all our crew, which mm-hmm. uh, we probably had, um, or the cast, the, the background people, we probably had about 50 of them. And if you worked for three days with us mm-hmm. under the SAG New Media contract, you would get your SAG eligibility, mm-hmm. which means you can go spend, you know. $1,600 to buy your union card, whatever. But if you want, but now people, you can. Yeah, mm-hmm. and people work hard to get into SAG, the mm-hmm. Screen Actors Guild. And um, that was something that we gave to them in addition to food and all that right. stuff. That was a big deal. Right, for and that's doing something to create value in exchange. If you don't have money, you can do other things to create value. Absolutely. And, you know, the, the old standby is make sure people are fed, which is great. Mm-hmm. You have to do that. And we had great food. That's another way we saved money. Yeah. Susan, my producer, cooked all the food. Mm-hmm. So we had really good cooked food every day. Right. Because you uh, can put it, like, just like you're saving budget on your, like, personal eating budget. Yeah. Like, you can do that for a set. Like, make the food. Yeah. You don't have to order catering every day. You right. can make pasta. And red vines always. Always. I red must. <laughs> but yeah, so we had you know, cast and crew that were happy, mm-hmm. you know. Even, That's good. Even on the 17-hour days. Yes. But... 
before you even got to that point, you lost some crew members. Oh my gosh. So that's an on-the-fly situation because you're, you are dealing with people and you're at the mercy of their <laughs> schedules and their personalities. Uh, this is like a very visually appealing kind of show. Like there's a lot of visual things and there's an art director that dropped out yeah. at the beginning. And I think I probably blocked his name out. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I would say it's not that real. anyway. But okay. yeah, it's not real. But it did happen. But and it seemed like a, a happy accident because it ended up oh getting gosh. a new person yeah, so, who was fabulous. Yeah. So we had um, uh, Shannon Fitzgerald, who was the associate or assistant art director, and she was with us the whole time. And she did a great job of decorating like Margot's office and things like that. But the last uh, set that we had to shoot was Flatline Inc., where Tate mm-hmm. goes to become a zombie. And we have a photo of that. It's uh, in the Big, like, white room. That one yeah, right there. That's so, perfect. Um, you can see there are all those televisions and all that crazy stuff. Um, there's nothing on those TVs. Those are all um, taped out with green for uh, uh, the green screen, and then we added that in post. Mm-hmm. Um, so we lost the guy who was going to build this. I wanted it to be very like Terry Gilliam, you mm-hmm. know, world, crazy world. And he just stopped returning calls. Just dropped out, like, he, off the face he, of the earth. He, he didn't stop cashing checks. He, oh. he, he cashed checks. <laughs> um so I had this friend, Danny Sistone from Universal Studios, who had worked um, with this band called Carbon 9 and had done a bunch of weird costumes and very futuristic kind of like space stuff. So I contacted him. He said, yeah, of course, I got all this stuff in my garage. Come by and take a look at it. Meanwhile, you're exhausted because you've been mm-hmm. shooting all day. Um, and so he comes to set and brings this, this huge like uh, brain in the background you can see on screen and all these wires, I mean, just miles and miles of wires. Sets the whole thing up, blacks out the screens with the green screen thing, and and we film it, and it just looks phenomenal. Yeah. And then he packed it all up and took it back to his garage. His garage, by the way, for those that know, is like Fibber McGee's closet. It's filled with everything. It's Doc Brown action. Mm -hmm. And he's just this brilliant artist. Right. And so he came on board and really saved the show because that's that's a great look, and it's exactly how I wanted the show to Mm -hmm. feel. Yeah, I feel like that might even might have been better than what might have come from the other guy. Completely was because the, you know, as some people do, mm-hmm. they skate by sometimes. Yeah, and he was you know he was in a roller rink for most yeah. of the show. <laughs> Thank God for Shannon to kind yeah. of save it, and then Danny came along and, and really helped us out. So, but you just never know, right? And so, and that's a big thing about filmmaking or producing anything is you have to be willing to not let something like that derail your entire production. Where you're like, okay, this is terrible, but what can we come up with as a solution? You came up with a new person, ended up being yeah. great. Day one of shooting, we lost the main actor mm-hmm. for the next day. Yeah. Had a um, for which I, character was this? It was for um, the the Peter Vote um, mm-hmm. character, um, Xavier LeBeau, and it was supposed to be Michael Nuri, mm-hmm. who's a friend of mine from Flashdance movie, and he got bronchitis and he was just dead. And he's a great friend. He was very apologetic, but you know it's. 5 p.m. Mm-hmm. and we're shooting this big scene in and he's got so many lines so I called Peter who I knew from Universal and he goes yeah I, I'm sure I could do it and he came in and as you'll see I think it's in episode 5 killed it yeah he was so killed funny it. won an award mm-hmm. the LA Indie Series Awards mm-hmm. um, but again you have to adjust you yep. have to be ready to adjust mm-hmm. so you have to be really malleable so let's talk a little bit about the fact that you were doing everything yeah so you're acting you wrote it you're mm-hmm. producing it you know yeah. you have a, obviously a vision for this but how do you move between those worlds well I, I did it fine I'll do it better next time mm-hmm. um, but I definitely was smart enough and thanks to Susan Bernhardt and Paul Nigro uh, and you um, I had enough people telling me when to go do your stuff mm-hmm. go get into the makeup chair go learn your lines please learn your lines mm-hmm. Brian. Um, 
but you have to like um if i had also taken on the the task of directing which people do mm-hmm. yeah i just i wouldn't be ready for that for this show maybe next time mm-hmm. um but you have to turn off certain parts of your brain and, and go do something else. And but you're, you always have this weird like clinical eye. You're you're watching, and sometimes you're not in it. You're watching. Yeah. So it's tough. It's tough. I, I can't say how to do it. I mm-hmm. just know that we made it through. But if you don't have your team, a strong team behind you, it'll be a disaster. Yeah. And yeah. then it's keeping them happy. So like, yeah. let me give you a scenario. Say like, you know, you were expecting it to be a twelve-hour day. We only have this location for one day. Yeah. But we have to finish here. You want to keep people for a little bit longer what like what can you do to make them happy like they've already ate they're done they're done eating well beer beer yeah yeah um, <laughs> paul nigro thank you paul nigro <laughs> but yeah i mean it happens and you get people that that have to leave or want to leave or are getting tired or frustrated mm-hmm. so you just have to be clever in how you how you turn things around and make people happy turn yeah. it into a party you know mm-hmm. what i mean cuz it's always stressful and it's always uh, very tense and stuff and um, there's a certain point where maybe everyone just snaps and then it's fun again. Yes. You know, and that happened when we we're shooting, God, 10 locations in one building, mm-hmm. all the uh, all the acting studio stuff. And uh, it was a tough day. It must have been 17 hours. Yeah. And we're following union rules. So we did second meal and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but that doesn't always matter. Yeah. Know? And sometimes you just have to make a decision and like not to say like you should always have everybody drunk on set, but no, no, no. to and break things up and like to just make the smiles come back. Exactly. And to realize that, that we are all are in this together and we we're all having fun. Because mm-hmm. um, what's the point if you're not having fun? Like there's other jobs that are hard that you could do. Like, exactly. This should be a fun job. And it happens a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. we've all seen the YouTube videos. There's a lot of screaming and fighting on sets. Yeah. You know what I mean? Becomes a little family. Yeah, it becomes a family and very high stress and, and personalities and mm-hmm. all that stuff. So we only had one day where it was tough, but never bad. Yeah. And uh, we lucked out three and a half weeks and we all lived. Oh, three and a half weeks to shoot <laughs> an entire season yes. of Acting Dead. I love it. So before we wrap up, do you have any advice for current or aspiring filmmakers? Yeah. And, you know, you and I talk about this all the time. But mm-hmm. as I, you know, I just had a big birthday. Mm-hmm. 29. <laughs> yeah. Yay. Um. <laughs> You have to have your life in order because life is going to knock you down mm-hmm. in anything that you do. You know what I mean? And so, and especially with, with uh, showbiz or creating your own content and all that stuff, you just need to be organized, you know? Make your friggin' bed. Yeah. You know, have, you know, exercise, eat right, because all that stuff will start to eat you alive. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And you won't be able to concentrate on the important stuff. Yes. You know, you'll find yourself not being able to do this because you've got this and like... It's a balancing act, you know, yeah. it's, it's spinning plates to saber dance. I've definitely had like other people mention this, that it's, you owe it to yourself yeah. to stay organized and take care of your body and take care of your personal things so you can have the room to create. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's that whole mental desk thing, you know, mm-hmm. like keep your house clean because eventually you will not be able to concentrate mm-hmm. and focus on what you need to focus on mm-hmm. or, or multitask as yeah. you and I both do. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, I mean, just, you know, learn to type. Um, <laughs> Can you type? Drive please? for Uber. Um, no, you just need to like really be creative. Um, be a good guy. Mm-hmm. I know that um, you'll get a lot of work and a lot of recommendations and a lot of praise from being someone that other people want to work with, mm-hmm. and it's hard sometimes. Yeah, you know, because you just want to lash out or be snide or whatever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So 
Yeah, do, do but the, like being a good person gets you so far. It's huge. It's mm-hmm. huge because you know there's enough of those other kinds of people in the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's you, not to be fake. That's just like just generally be good because just, everybody's stressed. Right. You know, we have to do a lot of this stuff in the business so where the, the the networking and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And it's since I was in high school when I didn't want to like you know go against the grain of what I believed in and all that stuff. Um, it was always important to me to find things about people that I enjoyed, mm-hmm. even in a situation where I was unhappy. So you can always be true to yourself. I mean, so, you know. Yeah. Hoity-toity, you know, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I think it's important. I think you just need to be happy with what you're doing and um, and constantly reinvent yourself. Gotcha. Like Madonna. Okay. Yeah. That's very nice. Very nice. Awesome. Well, thank you for all of that <laughs> advice. It was fabulous talking today. Thank you. With you today about acting dead and all the on-the-fly scenarios that happen. Let everybody know again where they can find you on social media and where to find acting dead. Great. So it's uh, Twitter at Brian Beacock uh, and Instagram at Brian Beacock. Uh, acting dead is uh, actingdead.com and Twitter at acting dead. Hashtag FYC. Yes, please. Go watch Acting Dead at actingdead.com. Hashtag FYC at the Emmys. Yeah, Hopefully the we Emmys. can get there. It would be fabulous. Oh, my gosh. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Remember to tweet at me if you guys are interested in winning a awesome Acting Dead hat. And watch the show. Let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of this episode in the comments below. And we will see you next time on On the Fly Filmmaking. Welcome to Popcorn Talk. Featuring movie discussion, news. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.